What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of Top Rank Unboxed. My name is Ricky. I'm here with my co-host, Jalen. And we are here with two very special guests at the Top Rank HQ in Las Vegas. We're very pleased to have two identical twins with us today. Super excited to have Andrew and Jason. They both have identical records. They're both 25 and two, and they're here from Australia. They're both fighting a week apart from each other, which is really unique and super special. And they're both fighting for world titles. So to start off, can you guys talk about how special that is to fight for world titles, your brothers, your twins, one week apart from each other? Firstly, uh, thanks for having us here. It's a pleasure. Um... Well, it doesn't get any more special than this, really. This has um, been our dream for almost 20 years now. Um, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifices. And it was always our goal to be both world champions at the same time. And to be able to do that just one week apart just feels like the stars have aligned. And this is our story and this is how it was supposed to be. And it feels like a movie, really. Um, and the opportunity is there for us now. And it's up to us to go out there and capitalize that and grab this opportunity with both hands and make sure that we both go home as world champions. Um, and then everything we've done over the last 20 years will be all worth it. And it's going to be very, very special. No, we're excited. How you? Yeah. As Andrew said, this is it. Um, you know, if someone handed you a script and said, write your own movie for how you want your career to play out and how you want, you know, your breakout moment or your, your dream to come true. This is how you'd write it, one week apart. I get to go out there on May 13 and have my special night and achieve my goal and become champion of the world. And then exactly one week later on one of the biggest shows in boxing, I get to sit back and watch my twin brother achieve his dream and become champion of the world as well. And we can go home and have two world titles on the plane and, and share this moment with everyone that supported us since day one. It's been um, a hard road, but a, a journey that we've just loved being a part of and um everyone that support us you know our team our families our sponsors it's going to be a really really special moment to share this with everyone once we achieve that goal yeah we're excited and you know you guys obviously are twin brothers and, and the whole thing we're fighting a week apart but talk about that emotional support how deep it runs for the both of you to have that like both being fighters and both understanding each other like dive into that a little bit what that means to both of you I think it's a massive bonus for us. Um, yeah, not just being able to push each other every day in training and, you know, help each other improve. Like, no doubt that's helped us get to where we are today. I think it's a massive advantage for us. But then, yeah, having someone there as like a support and going through the exact same things as you're going through and, you know, being away from your family for a long time and all the sacrifices you have to make with diet and missing out on events and things and, you know, having someone who's doing the same thing as you, you know, you feel like you've you got someone supporting you that knows what you're going through and you're able to comfort each other in those times. Did you guys both start fighting together? Yeah. It's okay, a funny so you story. Discovered it no, I see it. <laughs> well, we've been boxing for about three years at this stage. We started when we were 13. And when we got to about 16, a few of you guys in the gym said, you guys should start fighting. You've got a lot of potential and you need, you know, you should see how far you can go. And we both went and decided to fight, and we both fought the same person on the same day. Wait, wait, fought, same person? Wait. Yeah, unheard of. <laughs> they bluffed us and told us that this guy had, had like three fights, but he'd had about 50 fights in England. He'd just moved Ooh. to Australia now. He'd so had three fights in Australia. So I fought him the first fight of the show, and I lost to him. And then he got a 
couple hours break and Andrew fought him like the main event, the last fight of the show, and he fought both of us on the same day. And he beat us both. Oh, and then no. like a year later he went to the Olympic Games and we realised that this guy was a lot more experienced than what they told us. But, yeah, it was a pretty cool story. And we both started with a loss and I actually lost my first three fights and Andrew lost, lost his first, first seven fights. Yeah. And um, at that stage we were sort of boxing but we were more interested in Australian rules football. Um, we wanted to play AFL and that was our goal. And then... When we started losing and losing, we thought we've got to make a decision here. we got to either play footy or take boxing more serious because it wasn't working doing both. And we both decided to quit footy and concentrate on boxing. And then the results turned around. We started winning and um, started representing Australia and traveling the world and going to the Commonwealth Games and big tournaments. And, yeah, the rest is history. Now we are here. We're about to both become champion of the world. The funny thing is you talk about the Commonwealth Games, uh, 2010. You fought Michael Conley. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's crazy. Yeah. They said it was one of the better fights of the tournament. It was. It was a cracker. It was. Um, I didn't know Michael Conlon at the time, but, yeah, he got the draw and, yep, yeah, you're fighting this guy from Northern Ireland. And I'd sort of heard whispers that they had pretty big raps on him, but, um, yeah, it was my first time at a major international tournament, the Commonwealth Games. For those that don't know, it's for us, it's a huge tournament. It's like the, the step below the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was my first major tournament and yeah, me and Michael Collin had a cracker of a fight and I got one over him and he obviously went to do some amazing things as an amateur and he's obviously about to fight and become world champion as well. So yeah, we get along well now and, um, both support each other. We've done some good sparring over the years as well, but, um, yeah, that was one of the best fights of the tournament. It's crazy. Cause like I look at Conlon now and like, he's so much bigger. I'm like. Damn, like you guys really fought at that time. Was he the, like kind of the? He was obviously probably a lot skinnier, but like height wise, where was he at? That was no, he, yeah, he was bigger. Like the thing for us in the amateurs, it was a bit hard. We ideally we would have both fought at fifty two kilos at Commonwealth Games, but we'd fight at different weights so that we could both represent right. the country. And Andrew fought at fifty two, and he made me star must starve myself for <laughs> oh, months and well, months. Yeah, so I fought at forty nine kilos there, which was. Just yeah, it's painful. It's, oh, real painful. Um, and I reckon that's what made me stunt my growth. So now he's a bit taller. Than me. <laughs> yeah. so, so he owes me. Yeah. Well, how um, did you guys decide who was gonna go down? Well, they changed the weight divisions around that year, um, and they sort of created a bit of a. We were really good, good friends with one of the other guys in the team, and we all wanted to go. Um, and it would have meant that Jason would have had to fight our friend. So I said, oh, look, I'll go down and you can go at 52 and our friend can go at 57. Um, 56. 56, yeah. sorry. And, um, yeah, so I sort of made the call myself being a good brother, but um, oh, didn't realise how hard it was going to be to make 49 <laughs> kilos. But we both went to, yeah, both, you know, qualified and both went to the Games and that was really special for our family to see us both represent Australia at the Commonwealth Games. So it was worth it. Was was that kind of the moment for you two when you guys knew you belonged or did it happen before? Like, when was that defining moment? Like, I asked this to a lot of the fighters we have on the show. It's like, when did you know, like, you were him? Like, I could do this shit for a living. I don't know if I ever had that moment that I can think of. Well, it wasn't then. Like, we were still really raw then. That was 2010. I think we will just turn 18 maybe at those mm -hmm. games. And that was my first international tournament. So I still hadn't had that much experience you know you're coming up against guys like Conlon probably that mm -hmm. that stage that had hundreds of fights and I'd probably had 30 or 40 um so yeah we were still 
in our development stage there. Still didn't know how good we could be. But one thing about me and Andrew is we're just so passionate. We love this sport and we work so hard and never become complacent. Every single day we want to get better. We want to get better and we really dedicate ourselves to the sport. I think one thing that me and Andrew can pride ourselves on is we are true professionals and we don't take any shortcuts. And um, we've always just strived to be the best that we can be. And I've never sort of had this moment where like, yeah, yeah, I know how good I am. Like, I just wake up every day and want to get better. Um, probably for me when I thought I am good enough to achieve my dreams is when I fought Emmanuel Rodriguez the first time. It was my first world title fight. I didn't, you know, until you've fought at that top level, you don't know how you're going to go. And I felt like I won that fight. I lost a split decision. Yep. But yep. as devastating as it was to lose that world title, I left the ring knowing that I belong at that top level and that I am good enough to become champion of the world. And May 13 is the time it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys uh, feeling right now being in the States and, and transitioning from uh, Australia to here, camp? Just so excited, I suppose. Like We've done this a few times now where we've come to America and both done the training camp together, but this time it's just more special. We're both fighting for world titles this time and I know that this this opportunity right now, these fights can change both of our lives and our families' lives. So it's very exciting. Um, we've been working extremely hard, and yeah, as we've sort of touched on earlier, it just feels like this was meant to be. This is this was our script. This was our story, and just can't wait for it to all unfold. Yeah. What drew you guys more to boxing instead of AFL when you were younger? Um, I think for me, anyway. Um, we're super competitive. We've always been super competitive and it's all on you. You can go out there. It's all about you, how hard you work. The results all come down to how you perform. Um, we were real passionate about football and then we got into a pretty bad team and we went to a couple of bad seasons and me and Edge would play really well and the rest of the team no, weren't that good. <laughs> and we like lose, didn't care. Like, and we'd lose, lose every game. just didn't, didn't, didn't care about him. Yeah, we we'd like, be devastated. We'd lose. Oh, so angry, and they just walk off, shake hands with the phones, be mates, laughing, and carrying on. You guys are like, "What is this? Yeah, so for us, I guess the single sport works better. Mm -hmm. We're in full control, um, and all the results are determined by how we perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very individual. Yeah. yeah, and there's no feeling like winning a fight. Like we won grand finals and premierships in football and basketball and different team sports but there's no feeling like winning a fight it's um yeah it's it's something that i just you can't explain to someone who's never boxed before or had a fight before the joy of winning a fight is just tenfold over any other yes. sport i feel i totally agree because I, I was a decent amateur in my time yeah and i played team sports i tell you, i played uh, american football yeah and is like you said there's no better feeling than like you're either knocking a guy out and, or you're getting your hand raised because it's just you. It's mano y mano. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like it's like the ultimate. Uh, it's the like the ultimate glory, the ultimate yeah. machismo. Like I did that. Yeah, you know, 100%. like yeah. <laughs> you get that on on certain sports teams, but they always try to put it as a collective effort. But yeah, there's no yeah. other feeling like it, man. Yeah. Obviously, it's not on that level with you guys. You guys are winning at world level and, and championship level, but man, I, I I can only imagine that feeling. Yeah, for you guys, for sure. Um, this one's gonna be. A thousand times more special. Oh yeah, than all the oh, yeah. no, we're we're excited. Um, 
Now, where have where else have you done camp outside of America? Like, or well, in America, but other cities. Is it only been Vegas? We usually base ourselves in Vegas and then travel to wherever we're fighting the week of the fight. But um, as an amateur, I went to I think twenty one different countries. Mm-hmm. I did training camps all around the world and tournaments all around the world. Um, but yeah, we usually like to base ourselves here in Vegas and train out of the top ranked gym. We get a house, bring sparring partners in, um, yeah, and set up camp here and just make sure that we give ourselves the absolute best opportunity to perform our best and win these fights. So we've both flown in great sparring partners. I've got sparring partners here from Japan and the Philippines that are perfect replicas of Nakatani. And yeah, you got to make sure that you cut no corners and, you know, no expenses. So to make sure that you can win these fights and give yourself every opportunity to do so. And that's what we've done. Yeah. Well, I got to ask though, what, what is your favorite thing about the U S and what is your least favorite thing about the U S I love asking for it. <laughs> you can be you honest. Can, you can be very yeah, honest. Right. Well, in terms of like the fight itself, like Vegas is the fight capital of the world. And when you're in Australia, you watch these big fights on TV that are in Vegas. You watch that growing up and it just seems so far away. Like that's every kid's dream is to fight at in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're here, there's, there's nothing like it. Like we love fighting back home and that's something we want to continue doing, um, you know, throughout our career. But fighting at Vegas and especially this one, like winning a world title in Vegas at the MGM Grand is... That's the pinnacle. That's it. That's yeah. every fighter's dream. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, so I wanted that I have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. but the- I know, and also I know you guys are dieting, obviously, because you're professional athletes and you're fighting soon. But how does the food compare from here in Australia? Well, there's lots of, uh, yeah, food that, like, fast food that Anything. we don't have <laughs> right. back home. Yeah. So we always, like, have, like, a list of, like, after the fight, we're going here, 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 here. <laughs> We love Chick-fil-A. Yes. <laughs> it's not even fast food. That is healthy fast food. Yeah. Yeah. Please, Jay. I don't even count oh, that please. as fast food. Yeah, it's something we should have it today. Yeah, we it's get so it good. Yeah. They cook it in peanut oil. So at least yeah. it's not like canola oil, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a five, by, a five Guys burger yet? I haven't had Five Guys. No, so I don't think, think so. Um, is that your recommendation? You got to get the double double cheeseburger with bacon and then the Cajun fries. The worst thing is he's fighting the week before me. He's done this before and he just goes on this eating just binge for the whole week mm-hmm. while I'm still sitting there dieting. I'm like, <laughs> the, the hardest part of diet. And he comes in and he's like, oh, oh he's a mess. Yeah. It, think of it this way. It's increasing your will capacity. That's right. So it's all about perspective, all right? This is good for you. It's good for your character. And let's, let's move on to your families. Like what – talk about some of the sacrifices you guys had to make over the years, like especially during the COVID era, right? Mm-hmm. You guys went through so much yeah. during that mm-hmm. time, like all the quarantines. Yeah, well, we both had young young kids at that stage. Yeah. Um, How hard so, was that? Yeah, that was extremely so difficult. Um, it was, it was, I think it was about eight months in total that we missed seeing our families, wow. and that was the first year my son was born. So, actually, was in hotel quarantine. I didn't get out until the day after his first birthday. I thought we we're going to make it, but they don't count your first day as day one or whatever. But um, yeah, basically missed like nearly eight months of his first twelve months of being alive. So. Very, very difficult. A lot of sacrifice. Um, and, yeah, we're away from again for another five or six weeks this time. But thankfully this time my, my wife and kids are going to come over for the fight and awesome. be able to spare, uh, share this special moment. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I remember seeing a lot of the, the headlines and stuff and the storylines going on when you guys were here in the bubble and just 
all the things you guys had to endure during that time. Is it true that you guys had to uh, room together at one point during these uh, the COVID times? Quarantine, yeah, yeah. Our beds were literally like this <laughs> in one of them. It's just luck of the draw. You get put in a hotel and you don't have a say where you get to stay. So some, you know, the first place we stayed in, we had a balcony, we had a bit of fresh air, we had our own separate bedrooms, it was like an apartment. Like, this is all right, what's everyone complaining about? Yeah. And then the second stint, we were like this, my bed's here, his bed's here. Oh my God. And we were in a shoebox, there was no balcony, no fresh oh, air. No. Couldn't even crack the window, it was, it was actually oh. like being in jail. But um, yeah, there's been so many sacrifices that we've both had to make and the rest of the team have had to make for us to be in this position. It's only getting harder, really, as the kids get older. Like now, they actually get it and they understand a bit more. And rather than just saying bye and they got no idea what you're doing or where you're going, now they get it. And my girl's, you know, she just turned four in March, so now she actually says, you know, like, why do you have to go? I miss you. Come home, you know. And you know, she's like been crying heaps this trip because I'm not there. Whereas before, it was like she doesn't know. It's hard on me, but it's not that hard on her because she doesn't know what's going on. But now they get it. It's getting harder, but. That's what you got to do. This is why we chose this. This is what we want to do and this is how we can provide for them when these fights become champion of the world and then give them the best life we possibly can and that's what it all comes down to. It's just extra motivation. Yeah. I saw, uh, I saw the video of one of you uh, talking to one of your kids right after the fight. It was, yeah, that was me. It yeah. was sweet. That was, yeah. that was a tearjerker. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> how do you guys like mentally upkeep yourselves Um to kind of deal with that because that is a lot with the sacrifices you've made i guess it's just using it as motivation as i said it's um you know you can get down about it and, and let it affect you and negatively or you can use it as a positive and use it as fire and yeah put that down as a motivator like this is why we are doing this it's obviously we started boxing for ourselves and our goal is to become world champions were in our minds long before we even had kids so obviously a big chunk of this is to achieve our own dreams and our own goals. But now once you bring family into the picture, this isn't just about us. This is, you know, our wives have had to make big sacrifices for us to chase our dreams as well. And our kids rely on us to provide for them. And if this doesn't work out, then we got to do something about it. And we got to fight as hard as we possibly can to give them the life we want to give them. And how do your wives play a, a role in supporting you guys in your careers? Yeah, they're huge. Um, you know, it's obviously a lot on them when we go away because we may well we we moved states to be where we are with our new trainer. Well, we've been with him for six years now, but we all packed our bags for the sake of our boxing career to to get better and to have the best coach in Australia. And um, so where we live, we've got no family around to help look after the kids and things like that. So when we go away, it's it's all on them. They've got the kids on their own and there's not much support there for them. So it's a lot for them to deal with, um, but they're just 100% behind us in our dream and they don't they don't mind. You know, it's, There's no question about if you're going to go or how long. It's just you do what you've got to do to make sure that you achieve your dream. And, yeah, they're 100% supportive of it supportive of us. Uh, you guys started making your bones in the U.S. market uh, not long after you guys signed with Top Rank in 2019. You know, the bubble came and everything like that. So you both went into those uh, those fights. Your first, I think, fights in the bubble, you guys went 1-1, uh, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. And then you went into the Franco series, and then you fought in a way. Yeah. Talk about um, how that was for you guys going into those second fights. You know, obviously, you, you both fell short, unfortunately. 
what talk about the mental work that comes with taking those losses, especially during that time when you have a lot of downtime to think to yourself in the bubble. Well, I suppose after losing the first fight here, um, coming back for the second fight, you just we just felt like we had so well. My personally, I felt like I just had so much to prove, I to everyone, but also to, to top rank. I knew that they would trusted us and believed in us and signed us and given us this opportunity to headline the shows in the bubble and I felt like I'd let them down and let my team down and I wanted to prove to everyone that I was a much better fighter than what I showed in that first fight against Franco and put absolutely everything I had into that second camp and really was just so determined to to right that wrong and um, that had a really good camp. What happened in the and second I, I was on fire that night and it's just, yeah, still still burns, you know, the way that it that it uh, ended because I know 100% that that, yeah, that, that was, a, was, that was a clean shot. And I should have become the two-time world champion that night and gone home and, and yeah, proved to myself and to everyone that I was who they signed and who they believed in and it just would have been so special that moment and, yeah, it was taken from me and, yeah, it's still – still burns me to today but um the way to get over that is to to win this fight on on may 20 and become world champion and then i could put that in the past mm-hmm. jason how how was it for you uh in the bubble yeah well, taking taking that unfortunate loss it's well it's been a big roller coaster always i mean when you're sharing the journey with your brother like with the first time being in the bubble i it felt like there was a lot of pressure on me. As Andrew said, he felt like he'd let Top Rack down and, you know, we, they both they gave us two headline shots in the bubble in the bubble events and Andrew had gone first and lost and then I was on, I think, two days later, I think, if memory's right. Two days later I was fighting Leonardo Baez and that was a pretty hard, I guess, lead-up because I came over here thinking I was going to fight Josh Greer and then I had another opponent and then he changed again and then... Then I ended up fighting Baez and it was like completely different style to what I'd prepared for and I just felt like it was a bit of an interrupted prep where it was like mentally more so than anything. I was physically in great shape but mentally having to turn around and fight Leonardo Baez who was pretty tall, he was, you know, wild. Um, and I thought this is a hard fight and I've got to go out there and really perform here and, and prove to everyone that we've got what it takes. And um, I wanted to avenge Andrew's loss in a way and, and put on a really good performance and... That was amazing. I still think that that Bayez fight was one of the best performances of my career, and I really, I guess, rose to the occasion and and and, and took one for the team and put on a good performance. And then obviously that win um, opened up the door to me fighting an Anui for for the two world titles and you know one of the pound for pound best in the sport and a huge opportunity. Um, yeah, it was a, a very a great opportunity, but you know I didn't fight at my best. Um, I went into that fight, no excuses, with a with a real bad right hand that needed surgery. But um, I wanted I dared to be great. I took on one of the best fighters in the sport, a fighter that most avoid, and I wanted that challenge. And that's what we're about. We've never turned down one opponent. We want to fight the best, and we want to give the fight fans the fights they want, and be exciting and take on all comers. And I gave it my best, but um, I fell short in that fight. Um, but I learned a lot from it and I didn't let it sort of keep me down. Um, got straight back in the gym and continued to work hard and improve. Um, and I think that experience of being in there with a fighter like Anui has really helped 
uh, me progress, become a much better fighter. And now I get the opportunity to show how much better I have become on May 13. And that lesson um, will make this victory even sweeter. What was the biggest takeaway skill-wise that you learned or gained from fighting in a way? Hard to pinpoint just one, but um, just his control. I think his control of distance was pretty incredible. Every time I wanted to press him or, or, or get, in, get into my range to throw, he was incredible with his feet, just making me fall short and then bringing me on to punches. And then if I wanted to try and move back, his closure speed with his feet was incredible and just super explosive with his speed and his power. Um, but I didn't, I didn't feel out of place in the ring with him. Um, it was a great experience, but he showed me the benchmark and I know that that's where I want to get to. I want to achieve, you know, what he's achieved in the sport. And I know that if I could continue, continue to work hard every day that I can get there. And now that he's left the division, he's, he's left the band and weight division wide open. And I want to come through and, and collect all those belts that he's left behind and become the new king of the band and weight division. Yep. Yep. We're excited, man. Um, Wait, really quickly? Oh, right. So curious. Do you guys have any crazy sparring stories? Like what's the... With each other? No. Or, well, yeah, I mean, with yeah, each other, you, but you like just too. any sparring stories from the beginning of your the Loma, boxing the Loma experience. Loma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we were out in um, Oxnard yeah. the first time. This is in 2015. We came out here for the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight and um, yeah. our first promoter, actually, Lyndon Hoskin, he, um, he brought us out here just to show us what it's like on the big stage and Shout I guess to Lyndon. give us... Yeah, shout out to Lyndon to show us what it's like here. And um, he promoted, I think, 10 of our earlier fights and helped us with regional titles and get world ranked. And his goal was always to, I guess, get us to a level as far as he could and then hopefully get us signed to a promoter like Top Rank. And he did his job, which we're forever grateful for. Um but he brought us out here in 2015 for a major show, just like that, just to show us what it's like over here and give us some some motivation. And I remember he took a photo of both of us in front of the MGM and said, you know, you boys are going to headline here one day and it's all coming true. So it was an incredible trip. Um, but, yeah, we came out here and we didn't have a fight coming up or anything, but we just wanted to get some good sparring and get in there and with some good fighters and see how we went. There was nothing planned, but everything fell nicely. We... um. We went to Robert Garcia's gym in Oxnard. I sparred a few rounds with Joette Gonzalez and Yevgeny Gradovich. And then after we finished we both did. six rounds, <laughs> both of us had done, I think, six rounds, um, we finished and Igus Klimas, who was Gradovich's manager and also Lomachenko's manager, came up and said, boys, well, um, Loma's sparring partners have just called up. They can't make it today. Would you boys want to do some rounds with Loma? And Loma's one of our favourite fighters. We were like, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, without hesitation. And, um, yeah, we just finished sparring. He's like, well, you know, it's going to be here in about an hour and a half. So we just quickly went down the road, had a little snack, had a Gatorade, and then came back in an hour and a half. And both of us shared the ring with Loma for two or three rounds each, I think it was. But, um. Just incredible for us. We were so raw back then. We'd only had less than We are already exhausted fights. too. We just finished <laughs> yeah. a big session. He's like, you want to come back in an hour? We're like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you crazy. can't turn down Spire and Loma. So yeah. amazing experience. Um, and, yeah, that's a he, – they, he's the best both of us would have ever shared the ring with. I don't know about you with him, yeah, but, um, yeah, he's a real freak of nature. And, yeah, now uh, being on his undercard. 
um, you know, we want to, you know, move on to, to Melbourne. Going down there and, and fighting there twice last year was just incredible. Yeah, no, that was amazing to see that you guys were a part of the, you know, it was a major card in the world, had eyes on it, and it was in your, it was at home for you guys. Yeah, and it was just even more special too because with the whole COVID thing and us fighting over here for almost two years before that, all our friends and family hadn't had the opportunity to see us fight live in, in so long. So to be on those huge events and for us both to fight on the same night twice and they can come out and see us both and, be you know, see a huge event like that, that was, you know, a worldwide event. That's That was huge what they did down there. And, yeah, it was really special. Um, and it just gives us more motivation looking at a card like that because we know now that the job for us is to win these world titles and then, we can put on those big events back home and where we headline the events and we both fight on the same night and defend our world titles and that's always been the dream. So You're right there. You're right so there. Close. What's the fight atmosphere like in Australia? Yeah, it's starting to get there. Boxing's not a huge sport in Australia, unfortunately, but something that's always been really, I guess, a passion for us is to help grow the sport and give the fighters the, I guess, the attention and the recognition that they, they deserve and with last year, with those two massive events, I felt like the country was really starting to get behind boxing and everyone was starting to talk about the fights and obviously a lot of people came out to the events, which they, they were a huge success. So that means that people want to see it again. Um, and, yeah, people started to talk about boxing and now Australia is starting to really get some good fighters coming through. We've got multiple world champions at the moment and another two very Boy. close on the yeah. way. Um so, yeah, the people are starting to really, I guess, start to get around boxing and a lot more fans coming through, a lot of people starting to support us. And for us to grow the sport and to have the whole country behind us is something that we're really passionate about. And, yeah, we get great support, but um, I feel like this is just the start. Once we get these belts and, and bring some big events down, then, um, yeah, Australia really going to get behind us. All right, before we wrap up, we got to ask twins questions, right? About when you guys were growing up, right? The biggest one I need to know, right? When you guys were in like grade school and stuff. So since you guys are identical, right? If a girl had a crush on one of you guys or something, were you worried that she might like the other guy too? <laughs> since you guys literally, since you guys are twins. I wouldn't say we're worried about it. No. But did it ever cross your mind? Like, okay, she likes me. I wonder if she likes my brother too. <laughs> no. Not really. No. Maybe he would feel like oh, If I had a twin, I'd feel like She's going to like Jason better because he's a better looking twin. I think that's what he used to, <laughs> that's what he used to think. Nah, we never, to be honest, we, ne we probably didn't take advantage of it. We didn't play that many tricks. No. I remember once I went up to Andrew's girlfriend and just walked next to her and held her hand and it's walked and to, just to see how far <laughs> I could walk with before she realised. When did she realise? I don't think she, I don't realized, think she did. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, no. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we probably didn't play enough tricks, really. If you could wind back the clock, we would have probably had a bit more fun. Oh, man. So you never were in class and pretend to be the other that was, yeah, like that? that. Yeah, we went into each other's class before, oh, okay. and things like that. Teachers, did they catch on? Did it? No, 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 no. I think even like before school, like when we're like four years old or something, so mum used to always dress me in red, I think, oh. and him in blue or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And she said that she picked us up from what's called kindergarten in Australia and We'd change clothes during the day and swapped, and she picked up on it. And she's like, "Why are you different?" And the teacher—I don't think the teachers even knew that we swapped. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we played a few tricks, but yeah, as Jason said, I think we could have taken advantage of it a bit more. 
All right. Well, we just uh, we want to wrap this up. We know you guys got to get back to training. So if you got any uh, final message to the fans, you know, it's all you. I uh, just tune in on May, uh, what are you, May 13, May 20, and um, watch us achieve our, achieve our dream of both becoming world champions. And um, a huge thank you to Top Rank for believing in us and giving us this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's what I was going to add. Just, you know, we're forever grateful to be with the best promoter in the world, Bob Arum and Top Rank. And yeah, we're so thankful for these opportunities and we're going to grab them with both hands and put on two exceptional fights and fights that people will remember and talk about. And um, this will be part of the movie. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Jason and Andrew Maloney. <laughs>